Superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoked it, crack! It's an Oilers game day. They're down in Arizona to face the Coyotes tonight who have dominated the past 24 times they've played. I think the tables turn. Don't guarantee it, though. We'll talk about that later on in the show. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. If you're heading to the rink, Lord Co. is going to make sure you got everything you need for a smooth ride from bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers that are going to make sure your vehicle starts when that temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today for quality service, quality parts, and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near near you on this show in about 20 minutes we get to steven clinian from quack stats the founder you know that's the only analytics we trust on this show and steven always brings the heat so i'm looking forward to that conversation in about 15 minutes time and then we want to hear from you 12 40 12 45 ish we'll get to the open line we'll talk oilers coyotes we'll talk sean monahan the flames whatever you want that 10 minutes 15 minutes or so that's all you. Let's head off to the Quack Stats hotline right now, though, and connect with a good friend, Mitch Jiguer, KHL video coach out in Torpedo. He joins us from out east. Mitch, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. What about you? Doing good. Doing good. Happy happy we were able to connect again before you ended up heading out to Russia. So so let's talk about, you know, what you're doing out there. You're still a video coach in the KHL Torpedo. I don't know how to say the name, Nizhvigrad, something like that. I'm not Russian, and you know that. But what's the start of the season been like? How's the team looking? How have they been doing? Well, we had a lot of new players this season, so uh, it's always uh... – it's always tough when you have like a lot of players. We have four new imports out of five. Um, we we have um, we have I think four or five new players as well coming from our, our farm team or trades or free agent. Um, so you know it's always complicated to have the chemistry and everything going on. Not that we didn't have or we have issue inside the room, not at all. But you know when when mostly close to half your team is new, building you know that chemistry, the culture, and everything is always taking more time so the beginning of the season was i'll say a little bit tough under the expectation obviously for many reasons and uh, we the last couple of games we were able to put up a lot some wins um, having points in most of the games um so now i think we're 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 get going at the moment uh power plays start clicking pks start doing a better job as well uh forwards are having more success i'll say we still have issues um, scoring goals like we 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 possess the puck a lot. We're shooting a lot. But we just can't finish. That's what I, I mean. I said like that's probably our biggest uh, our biggest problem. We have the offense, but we just can't get a goal. 
Seems like a common problem in the KHL, right? Goals are worth millions. That's uh, that's the easy saying for guys looking to go overseas. And if you can put up numbers in that league, you are going to be doing fine. Hey, how's the league as a whole looking this year, though? I know in Olympic years, usually I, I know the, the teams are a little structured differently. Maybe a couple of teams might get uh, the benefit of the doubt when getting Russian players, stuff like that. You know, usually maybe a few less imports or so. A lot of the focus goes towards building that Russian Olympic team. But what's it been like this year? What's the league quality like so usually for us we're playing 62 games uh last year we played was 58 or 60 i don't remember exactly and this year we're going to play 56 games because of the olympics and uh, we have uh, one more team admirals who took uh, a year off last year they came back in the league so we are playing 56 game and while the olympics will be on uh we all the teams are on a break so I don't know how long it's going to be, but like I think a week, a week and a half long. Uh, every team's will be uh, in vacation, I'll say. Uh, but prior to that, some players will leave for the uh, for the training camp, so some teams will miss their obviously their best players. Uh, so we will have to uh, to deal with. Um, so that's that's a challenge, uh, obviously. Uh, they're going to be there, and like. Don't get me wrong, you hope the best that your best players can be there. But on the flip side, you still want to have your best players in your team playing for your team. So it's kind of a 50-50 in between. Like, yes, you want your, your players to go there. But on the flip side, you still want to have them with you. But, like, it's not like our team will have 15 players going over there. Like, it's because we have some Russians who's playing in the NHL. They have some good Russians playing in the KHL. So it's going to be going to be a, a mix and match of uh, the best players and how or what they are looking at or how they want to build a team around now there's some awesome coaches in the league this year and i did just hear about sergey zubov so we do send our best wishes towards him i know he's stepping aside from riga after yes. one of their best starts in a long time that's a team that struggled and he was able to turn it around but we do hope for personal reasons that you know he's uh he's gonna be all right his family's gonna be all right but there's also some other big names getting involved in russian hockey again like fedorov those guys who are you know not not gonna try bring back russian hockey but how crucial do you think this is that a lot of these you know former superstars are getting involved once again in the khl and in the russian hockey federation uh, you know what i think it's good and it's bad at the same time uh depending on how uh, how good he wants to to, to be uh and what's their main reason behind that but like the biggest thing for me with those stars and and, and like i'll just talk about my head coach in, in, in Nizhny and the whole coaching staff. Like, they all play in the NHL. Like, I, I work with Tendis Ozelinch and Chubi, who played in, in Vancouver, and Dave, who played in, in Florida. Like, they all played in the KHL, and they all played in, in the NHL. So they can easily relate with all the players of what's going on. Okay, you want to stay here? Here's what's going to happen. You want to move over uh, overseas, playing North America? Here's what's going to happen. Huh? Here's how everything works. So they, they have that knowledge that some coaches without that background, I'll say, doesn't have. So for sure, it's it's for me, it's, it's big. It's really important. The biggest thing for me as a coach is you, after that, you always try to surround yourself with the best people available, with the best knowledge. Um, so, but but like those names bring more people in uh, at the rink for every single game. That's the biggest thing. People talk about it. Uh, people want to see it. Um, they still have like that superstar shining over them, so it, it's it, it's a big big plus for for all the coaches 
who start coaching and who start in the KHL and trying to, to do their best about giving back and, and teaching players. For sure. Now, one of the other big moves by uh, the KHL this year is they're getting into the North American TV market with ESPN+. Plus. Now, as a coach yourself, obviously you want the most exposure on that league because that could lead to more opportunities for you down the road if people are kind of realizing, hey, this is the level the KHL is at, more eyes on it, more popularity over in North America. How big do you think that is for the KHL, for the league, for staffers to get that extra exposure of ESPN+, Plus, which is one of the largest streaming services it's it's always a plus because like and and even me before working in a khl uh like remotely and now i'm leaving next week over there to work with them like you, you know the khl but you don't know it like you don't watch you don't really watch a game a year so you just see the highlights and this is it so now having that exposure for sure it's big because like you have a lot of of North America players trying to like having a second chance over there and coming back the season after because they had a, a breakthrough. Like let's say Chris Weidman last year, uh, or we have, uh, I don't remember his name, but he's playing for Toronto, the D-man uh, who was the second most points in the league last year. So those guys have a second chance to, to work there, works their way up and, and coming back. So having it, having that, that, that the, uh, the TV channel showing more, um, game is a plus and obviously like the game is way different from the NHL like it, it, the bigger eyes uh, with the time possession um, the, the game is simply just different and it's teaching uh, teach it this a uh, different way as well so I think it, it's a plus and people will understand like let's say let's talk about the NHL app that if you want to subscribe to watch all the games like 200 something if I'm right or around that uh, and the KHL, if you want to subscribe, it's uh, $69 uh, Canadian a year to watch all the teams. So that's just a plus value for, for, for everyone. And obviously, like people will talk about it and we will have more viewers after every game. That's huge. Mitch, I know you got to go. Do you got time for one more question? Can I ask you an NHL Yes, one? I got time. Hey, I got to ask about your Habs. What the hell is going on there? Well, we, you, you know what? I, I don't want to bash them, but like, let, let's put it that way. The last two years, they've done the playoffs because they they add more teams, they allow more teams to do the playoffs. Because the last two years, they were not even in the top sixteen, not even like I think in the top twenty. So right there, the expectation was like higher than expected. So if we put it that way, they should not have done the playoffs. So they were just a normal, below average team. So this year, I think it's just a comeback. But on the flip side, here in Montreal, we're saying Carey Price is overpaid and he's not that good and blah, blah, blah. Yes, but let's say, let's put it that way. Last year with Toronto, game six in overtime. If it's not Price, they're gone. They're You know, they're dead. Now they're missing Shea Weber, one of the best captain in the league. They're missing um, they're missing Carey Price, one of... Like he's still a top ten goalie in the NHL, and his his his, uh, his uh, leadership is beyond and above everything that we can expect. So you're missing two biggest part in your team as leadership. So that doesn't help as well uh, on their back end. Edmondson is not there, so that doesn't help. You know, so I think it's just like uh, an everything of things that go sideways. Uh, they lost big players like Phil Deneau, like Vorak. Is I think, in my own opinion, Vorak is is good as. Dano was, but like they lost to Tar, he's a big loss. Uh, and like their first line can't get going, their second line still struggle, their third line is 
like hit or miss and their fort line was way better last year with Perry and Armia and uh, I don't remember the center. So I don't know, you know, like for the third year in a row, everyone's just saying that they will not make the playoffs. So if they're still keeping uh, 16 teams, I don't think they'll make it. But if it's like the last two years, they're taking 24 or 26, they might have a chance to do it this year again. Well, it's unfortunate that fans didn't get the full experience of them going on a cup run, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I guess we'll see about the goal scoring if it changes once Hoffman comes back. But, you know, crucial pieces out. It's got to be somewhat expected. Mitch, man, I appreciate yeah. you hopping on. I mean, you're always a, just a bundle of hockey knowledge. I'm happy you got another gig back overseas again. So best of luck there, and we're going to have to touch base after again. Thank you, and have a good one. Mitch Aguirre right there, my guest on World Honk Airport. Always some good stories. KHL video coach Torpedo. That's the simple name of the team. Nizhny, Nizhny Novigrad, whatever you want to call it. He's in the KHL. You get that point. Hey, if you don't uh, know already, it's Cody Jansen with you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. If you're just tuning in, follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore in the show at World Honky RPT. You can join the conversation anytime. If you're watching on 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, let me know. You got any questions? You want me to ask Steven anything? You want to get on the open line later? Let's connect. Let's talk. Maybe we'll do a giveaway as well. We do have one lined up, and we'll give you that option. That's coming up, 1240. You don't want to miss it, 1240, maybe 12:45. Let a couple of people hop in the chat here, get that thing heating up a little bit, and then we will do a giveaway. And everyone knows my favorite hockey turn of the year is the Spangler Cup right after Christmas. Starts on Boxing Day. And the great people at Sports Travel Tours want you to experience it as well. Check out all the available packages at sportstraveltours.com. We did mention it is an Oilers game day. I'm sure we'll get the thoughts on uh, the rosters for the Oilers, at least from Steven, Quackstats founder. He's coming up after the next commercial break, and we'll dive into it. There's some pretty juicy lines for tonight. And I know if history says anything, I am way out to lunch here. But I think the tides have turned completely, and the odds makers are off a little bit. If you're going to sign up for DraftKings to use promo code THPN, they're the best the hockey podcast network. If you miss anything, we had a best of episode yesterday. So you can hear from Christopher Stieg, you can hear from Andrew Alberts, hear from Jason Padolin. All of that's available on our Twitter page at World Hockey RPT, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you are watching from. We are going to step aside, though, here a little early. Let's get Steven on the line. Let's talk quack stats. Let's talk analytics because there's so much that I want to know about this season. And I know it's such a small sample size, so we really can't dive into too much of it. But I'm still interested to hear some of his thoughts, what he thinks is going to happen with the NHL season. He's a big Ducks guy, too. So, yeah, we got to harass him. The Oilers win the other night. Let's take a break. It's Cody Jans in a World Hockey Report. We're presented by Lord Coatle Parts on 12-Ounce Sports. World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between 
between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priorities. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen here with you. We're presented by Lordco Auto Parts. Go check them out today, lordco.com. Join now, Quackstack's founder. He is our tech stats guru, Stephen Kalinia. Joining us on World Hockey Report. Stephen, how's it going? I'm great. How are you, Cody? Doing good, Matt. Doing good. Happy to have the, the, the chat here. Always a fun time picking your brain. You know we're not analytics guys down to the core, but Quackstats... I get down with that. Hey, for the listeners who maybe haven't heard from you before or who haven't checked out Quack Stats, give us the rundown of what that is. Yeah, so Quack Stats is free to use web application where people can track their favorite teams, their favorite players throughout the whole season. Uh, we're gonna get it running here. It needs at least three games to you know kind of get the aggregates in. And what we look at is how well the team does when a certain player is on the ice compared to when they're off the ice. And that's essentially what their impact is. So it doesn't look at like a player's goals or a player's like assist or anything like that. It just looks at, you know, how well a team's performing as a whole when they're on the ice. And you, it just compares it to when they're off the ice. And explain the, you know, there's different uh, aspects to it where, you know, there's some with special teams, there's some with even strength, some plus, some minus, stuff like that. You know, like explain the different aspects, I guess, that Quackstats covers. Yeah, so it's all the all the uh, game situations pretty much. So if you're looking at even strength, you can just focus it specifically on even strength. And within even strength, there's, you know, the offensive side of the game and the defensive side of the game. So we kind of separate it out. Um, there's... Also, the special teams, like you mentioned, uh, it looks at how well the power play is clicking when, per se, like Austin Matthews is on the ice compared to how often the Maple Leafs score when he's not on the ice on the power play. And the same sort of idea for the penalty kill as well. So where where did this idea come from, I guess? Obviously, you know, you've got your war, you've got your Corsi, you've got your big ones. But there's also an aspect to quack stats that I guess I find easiest, and I think most of the people who use it would do, is the whole visual aspect, how simplified it is, and honestly, just how real it is, where you can kind of see the names that are at the top and the bottom and, you know, across the, that line, and you can go, yeah, 
that's that's probably a fair placement for them. Yep, that, that seems to be their impact. Where other ones, maybe you question it a bit, a little bit. Maybe you're looking at a, a J Fresh stupid number chart, and you're just like, that makes no sense. Like that's that's just comical that you'd have this guy at a three percent. But like, where did it really start for you, or what what did you see first off, and you're like, I think we can do better. Yeah, when I started off, it was just like pretty much Corsi at that point. That that was as far as advanced stats went. Um, and even to this day, like you see a lot of numbers, but you, you don't really understand what those numbers mean. I'm a visual guy, so I like to see it like in context. And I think that's what this brings. You're not going to see a whole bunch of numbers that you don't know what they mean. You're just going to see like visuals. And it's pretty easier to make sense of visuals, in my opinion. And it's very simple. It's just like, how well the teams doing, like goals scored against, goals scored for, and then how much time they spent on the ice. And everything else just kind of falls into place naturally. So you said you got to wait for three games, so obviously we won't pick your brain for, for guys this season, but going back to last year or previous years, who really stood out to you? Who's the guy who you're like, you know, I think they might be getting undervalued. I don't care. It could be someone on the Ducks, the Oilers, wherever. It doesn't matter what team, honestly. But who's who's a guy who you're kind of like, you know, I watch a lot of the games, and I didn't notice his impact. But once you kind of crack down the numbers, his quack stats really show his value to that team or, you know, to the league. Yeah, and I actually spent more time staring at my graphs and quack stats than I did staring at some of these guys' games. But uh a few of them, like, off the bat, Connor Garland had a great season, like, analytically last year. So did Joel Farabee, um, Jason Robertson, which we mentioned last time, I believe. Um, a few guys like that. And on the defensive side, also, you don't really notice a guy's defensive impact as easily as their offensive impact. So a few guys, like, the Tampa third line before the playoffs, I was huge on that. Um, Calgary's uh, Tadev also another stud defensively, and Zagorov too, which they brought in as well. So I think they have the two best, Calgary has two of the best defensive performing defensemen of last year on the same team now. And, and it, I watched it, their it, game it goes off the role they're given too, right? Which I like where, you know, you, you can't exactly compare a Darnell Nurse to a William Legatson because you include the time on ice, which is nice. You're not comparing everyone as, you know, he, he played one second, so he played one second. Like there, there's just, there's a little bit more in depth that goes into it, which I like about Quack Stats. Yeah, and the whole point of that is to find those, like you said, the underrated guys. You know, obviously everybody knows the guys who play like 20, 25 minutes a game, but um, maybe the guys who play, you know, five, 10 minutes a game don't really get their chance. You don't know how well they're doing, and maybe you don't have enough time to kind of notice that in the game as well. So this kind of aggregates it. You know, it puts all their five, 10 minute games all together and sees how they're doing, like in total. So I know for the Oilers up here, one of the, the big pieces is that they've you know kind of lost is Josh Archibald. And he had really good quack stats when it comes down to like penalty killing and things like that. So from a special teams angle, uh, I guess how much or how hard is it to really go off of that? Because one player doesn't really make a penalty kill, but they can definitely break it. So when you look at some of the top penalty killers or power play specialists in the league, I guess, does a lot of the success correlate with their quack stats or is, or is the even strength more, I guess, kind of more important, more valuable? 
Well, EvenStraith has more uh, sample size, so it's going to be more reliable, um, especially with special teams, especially early on. If we when we put up the special teams, there's going to be a lot of like fluctuation up and downs, you know, as just because they don't play too much. So one goal against is going to make a huge difference. Whereas even strength, if you're playing 20 minutes of even strength compared to maybe two minutes of the penalty kill, so one mistake isn't going to be as magnified by the quack stats. For sure. No, that, uh, that totally makes sense there. So when are we getting involved in goalies? When are we getting some uh, advanced goalie quack stats going on here, Steven? That's, uh, I'm actually working on that right now. Um, I'm looking for ideas. Honestly, I, I want something. I don't want to just put up some garbage. Um, I love goalies, uh, and I believe you know that's one of the key pieces of a game, and right now it's not there. But I think there's, there's a lot of good analytics on goalies. Um, and the way the, my model looks at how the impact of a specific player on a team, so that's why it doesn't work on goalies who play like 80% of the game. Because you don't ha have any other, you know, you don't have the team without the goalie to kind of compare it to unless like the backup plays, you know, maybe 20% of the game. You don't have like that comparison as you do when even like a first line center, he doesn't play more than half the game. A first first pair defenseman unless you're Seth Jones you don't play half the game Darnell Nurse <laughs> yeah unless you're unless you're one of those guys you don't play half the game so there's always that base to kind of compare it to you know the team plays without them uh eventually I guess for those players Okay, um, since, since you brought up the D, man, I got to ask, because people are ripping on Seth Jones and stuff and, like, for being an Olympic. And, I mean, you're an American, so you, you can speak to it. Like, are you shocked that Seth Jones – like, people made such a big fuss about this. Like, how do you leave this guy off the American team roster? I don't care if you don't think he's a top three. Like, this guy can play as many minutes as anyone else in the NHL, and that's so valuable to a coach. Like, if you haven't played the game or if you haven't watched the game for long enough, you don't know how valuable it is as a coach to know that you can double shift a guy no matter what. Doesn't matter if you're going five overtimes, you can double shift him and he's still going to give you 100%. It's crazy that Americans rip on that guy. Yeah, I'm not going to rip on him too much, but uh, I don't think this is a hill you want to die on, Cody. Um, he hasn't looked too sharp uh, so far this year either. Uh, it's only been a couple games, but um, it's, not, it's not looking too, too I'll, good. <laughs> I'll die on it, though, in a, in a sense of one defenseman. Yeah, sure, he's got burned on a couple of goals in Chicago. As a team, they haven't looked that great, though. So are we going to pick out one of the six guys on the ice and say this whole thing, this whole debacle is his fault? I don't know. I still think that there is a lot of value in you know just being able to be the next man up. I mean, think of a Darnell Nurse in Edmonton. Because without him, if you're going to have to play your third pairing, if you're going to have to play Chris Russell for 20 minutes a night because Darnell Nurse can't go every other shift or because Tyson Berry can't go every other or every third shift, whatever, that's that, there, there's so much value in having that consistency. Yeah, and I, I think for sure he has a spot on the Team US. Um, and I think captaincy doesn't really tell you oh he's a top three guy more so as you know he's been with team usa he's represented them uh he's a veteran guy and that's why we're giving him like a leadership role it doesn't necessarily say he's the third best guy on the team you know so i, I think we have a lot of talent in team usa a lot to look forward to um who, who would you say is the best american d then oh charlie mcavoy kind of stands out um really 
I don't watch enough of them, but when I do watch them, I, I feel like there's a lot of flaws in the D zone. There's a lot of flaws that I guess, I, I mean, offensively, maybe he's not an Adam Fox, but defensively, I think if that's where I, I, I like my D-man. Everyone knows I'm a fan of big, you know, physical, tough D-man. Montreal, Tampa, give me those decors all day over Boston, New York, even Colorado. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy, he plays bigger too, which is really important. You know, there's a lot of big guys, especially at high. We have a lot of big guys who don't play big. And then we have big guys who actually play big. And even small guys who like play as if they're like two inches taller, like 30 pounds bigger. So that makes a huge impact to a guy who plays with no fear. And I, I see that with Charlie McAvoy. And that's not something the stats can pick up either. Okay, we'll, we'll get back into the team stuff. I still want to get back to the goalies. I know I got sidetracked. And anytime someone mentions Seth Jones, I'm getting sidetracked. But okay, back to, <laughs> back to the goalies. What do you? What's the best analytics on the market right now for goaltenders? Is it, is it like goals saved above expected? Is it, you know, high danger chances stopped? What's, what's I guess, kind of the pinnacle right now in your mind of uh, goaltender analytics? Um. Yeah, I think those are the two best places to go right now. I know a lot of people have different uh, models for the goal save above expectation. So, for example, if you look at one model, it's going to be like completely different to another model. And this is like, you know, this come up before too. Like, why why are these models so different? Um, and it's just what they take into consideration. You really have to dig into what's going inside all their calculation. It's not like straightforward. It's, it's there's a lot of subjectivity involved. Um, so with that comes, you know, flaws and like holes and, you know, is that really a high danger chance just because it's closer to the net or, you know, does it take into consideration who the shooter is if, if Ovechkin shooting as opposed to, you know, Greg Patterson or somebody from, from the point, you know, taking a wrist shot. Um, so those all, those all make a difference and those are all accounted for differently and all the different uh, goal save above expectation. You know, what I'm looking into actually is, you know, adding value to the shots where like a team's been hemmed in. I don't think anybody has that on the market yet. Um, that's a problem that the Ducks have faced, you know, for I don't know how many years, but essentially they get stuck in their zone for two minutes plus, like three minutes going up to like, I don't know, the guys can barely skate out there. And it's just John Gibson like eating shot after shot, you know, high quality shots, even though like they're, maybe from the perimeter or whatnot, but the fact that he's been like going up and down, I'm sure you know as a former goalie how tiring that is and just like it compounds. So, you know, I don't think those analytics take into consideration that aspect of the game as well, like the fatigue and like the the mental part of the game. So, I don't know, maybe maybe Quacksats will <laughs> we'll figure out something to incorporate all those uh to have our own goal save above expectation. That's interesting. That's such a huge thing that people who haven't played the game or don't maybe understand the game as well don't understand. Because as a former player and a goaltender, it's so different. If someone's coming down on just a, a flat-out three-on-two, your, your mindset, your mentality is a lot different than if all of a sudden your team's hemmed in your zone and you're just killing a penalty now, and now you're stuck in there for two minutes and you face six shots, your body's in a totally different shape. Your mentality's in a totally different shape. So 
Yeah, that's definitely something that uh, should be correlated in there. So, so you know a little bit more about the the you know mainstream stats than I would know right now for goals saved above expected and, and all those other nonsense for goalies. Does it calculate who the shooter is? I, I might have missed it if you said it or not, but I mean, I don't think so. I don't believe so. No, it takes into yeah. consideration. I believe they all take into consideration the location on the ice where the shot was taken, and the kind of shot. Like if it's a one timer, if it's a backhand, you know. But I don't. I don't believe they take into consideration uh, who the shooter is. Fair, because I've got so many questions, and maybe it's you know maybe not right for me to judge ahead of time because I'm thinking like, hey, if you know a two on one's considered a high danger chance, sure. But how about the one where they just put it right in the goalie's logo? You know, how about the one where they miss the net? You know, are, yeah. are we giving goalies credit for that or a one-timer? You know, does it matter if it's Leon Dreisaitl taking the one-timer or Zach Cassian? You know, because yeah, no, they totally, all count the same. They yeah. all count the same. Yeah. See, and that's and if you're just that's going huge flaw. straight off yeah. style, that's a massive flaw. That's huge is an understatement there. All righty, Stephen Clinton, my guest, Quack Stats founder. We got to talk about this Pacific division because obviously the Oilers are going to win it. There's no doubt about it. They might go 82 and 0 here. Vegas probably second, although Robin Leonard isn't Mark Andre Fleury. But what's going on with these Ducks? I mean, is this the young core that you think is going to take them to the promised land in the next five years? Should they trade John Gibson and you know maybe recoup some more draft picks? Try find a young stud in five years who's going to be a net. Like, what do you do if you're sitting in the big chair right now for Anaheim? Ooh, that's a that's a hot seat right there. Um, you know, there, there's still three guys in our top six who are like. You know, I would say, like, kind of stale at this point. You know, Ricard Raquel, Adam Henrique gets... Obviously, I don't want to talk anything bad about Ryan gets off. He's given, like, 20 years to the right franchise. The headline, but, uh, right the headline. Stephen Hayes no, gets no. laughed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but, you know, it comes to a point. I heard, I heard uh, Ryan Kessler actually speak about this when he was speaking about Vancouver when he made that switch. You know, sometimes it just gets a little stale. You know, you're too comfortable. And I just feel like when I watch, you know, some of the some of those guys who were there for like the 2015 run, the 2017 run, it just seems like you know they're not as actively engaged in games, like as emotionally engaged in games as like maybe the younger guys like Max Jones, you know, or like Comtois, who just like run in and like start start stuff after whistles or like get emotionally engaged in games. I don't know. I just see a, a huge difference there. Yeah, that young energy, those uh, fresh new legs definitely play a big factor. Interesting you kind of mentioned some of those guys like Raquel, where I don't know what their trade value even is right now. You, what do you fetch for them? A second? Maybe? I don't know. I would be looking for a first or higher. Maybe a first adds like a prospect on top of that Ricard as well. Raquel fetches a first? I think so. You know, seeing, seeing what some... <laughs> Like the trade deadline and like the offseason, yeah. like what people are fetching. Uh, I don't, I don't see that as. I guess too tra far. trade deadline, maybe, maybe you're fair. I guess compared to offseason trades, that's that's probably the only reasonable thing. I think it's interesting to see how this plays out with Getzlaff because, and obviously his agents up here in Edmonton, and from everything that you know was kind of being murmured around over summer, was he maybe wasn't too happy to see Corey Perry have all this success and continue to go on playoff runs and he's like oh shit why didn't i leave like why didn't i be that guy who got out there and had some success after anaheim flopped do you think that plays a little part of just how close that perry and getzlaff were 
I mean, he didn't get bought out. Uh, it's not like Perry had that option. You know, he didn't have any other option but to go somewhere. He just he didn't really go out chasing rings either. You know, he signed for Dallas and Montreal, who were not like playoff teams by any means. You know, and you know, he's just a playoff guy. He's just that kind of guy who, you know, steps in when it matters, like in the playoffs. Um, so I, I heard Detloff and uh, Vegas were close at the deadline last year too. Um, just didn't happen, but yeah, I would love to see him also to have another team to cheer for in the playoffs. So if he goes on a playoff run with Edmonton here and the Oilers win the Stanley Cup in seven games over the Islanders, as I've predicted, are you going to cheer for him? Are you going to be an Oilers fan? Are you going to get an Oilers Getzlaff jersey or what? Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's go. I'll, I'll send one down to you. No, that's awesome. Hey, give me your thoughts, though, quickly on the Kings also. I know, you know, obviously there's, there's a little bit of a rivalry there. You, you've watched maybe Cal Peterson a little closer than I have. Is this guy actually the replacement to Jonathan Quick? Because I'm not sold on it. Well, he's playing better than Quick right now. For well, Yeah, but Quick's like years. 50 years old. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so is Kopitar. He's still putting up seven goals. Or different seven positions, different games. positions. I mean, I guess so. But uh, still, if people thought Kopitar was slowing down, he's not. But Cal Peterson, yeah, I think he's solid. Um, he's probably, I would say, maybe like the second best in the division right now, besides Gibson. I can't think of any other goalie um, in, in the Pacific right now who I would pick over Cal Peterson. You think he's better than Thatcher Demko? Oh, uh, he's about that level, I would say. Mike Smith? He's better than Mike Smith. Mike Smith just stopped 45 against the Flames, so we'll start the Vesna rumblings again. Uh, I, I guess I would probably pick Peterson over Markstrom, honestly. I just have not been impressed with Markstrom at all. Robin Leonard's very hit or miss. No chance he's better than Grubauer. Oh, yeah, Grubauer. Yeah, Grubauer was probably number one. And Gibson I guess I'd put him on par with, like, a Dreger. Probably. Yeah, that's a, that's a, fair, that's a fair comparison. Although Seattle just got their too. teeth kicked in by Philly the other night, so <laughs> maybe we won't talk about their goaltending that much. Hey, what's, what's your thoughts on the Flames this year? I, I want your honest opinion. Like, uh, is it time that they either make a big splash and go for a Jack Eichel, or should they just fold the tent and trade off and start rebuilding? I like Johnny Goodrell. I watched the game yesterday against the Ducks. He was he was flying, um, and I think I think he was the most dangerous guy on the ice. So, but it's yeah. easy to fly against the bad teams. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But um, yeah, I, I like their team. I think they should give this team a chance. You know, they they've added some really good pieces. They've got they've got bigger. They play a fun, exciting style of hockey. I like that big, you know, the West Coast hockey style. You know. And they're a really good Pacific Division team. I think they'll make the playoffs, uh, and I think I think they'll, you know, give teams a real headache in the playoffs as well. The style game that they play without Jack Eichel, you think? Yeah, with or without Jack Eichel, you don't even know if Jack Eichel is going to be playing this year. That's fair. That's fair, man. I just want to see Eichel. Like, could you imagine an Eichel McDavid rivalry of a Battle of Alberta? Yeah, that'd be great. That would be incredible. I, I just couldn't even imagine how much fun that would be. Okay, uh, I got one more for you, and that's Vegas, because Vegas is my question mark this season. They could either end up second in the Pacific or they could end up second last. I'm still a little... I mean, Robin Leonard's a fine goaltender. Brossois is a questionable backup. And honestly, they didn't do enough to help their team. They got worse, if anything. So wh where do you think they land come playoff time? 
I think they're still going to be at the top of the division. Uh, I, I can't see them being second to, I can't see them being worse than the Kraken and San Jose and Anaheim. I think they're a solid team. I like, you, you always bash on their centers, but I like Chandler Stevenson. I think, I think he's a really good center. Um, Maybe not the first center all-star, but... Uh, no, but if I he's your he's... second-line center, third-line center, you're a cup contender. If he's higher than that, ugh. I don't know, because he plays really well with those guys. Like, they mesh very well together. That's a that's a line that, like, all three players understand, like, where the other's going to be. Uh, they produce a lot of, you know, chances off the rush, which, you know, takes a little bit of coordination to do. You know, you can't... You know, see... So Lines producing that as as many like breakaways as many like two on ones three on twos as those guys. Um, and he has a lot of speed as well, so he can make up for his lack of you know skill or or that's probably a harsh way of putting it. But uh, <laughs> no, it's fair. He's a Sasky guy. Come on, we're not meant to all be Gordy Howe. <laughs> no, that's awesome, Stephen. Man, I've I, I mean we're going way long. Our producer's going to have to uh, have some fun uh, working this one out, man. I appreciate you taking the time again. Uh, pump up where, where can people go find quack sets is it all just got to go through the link tree now is there a simpler link you've uh, put out for them and, and give the socials yeah, no, as well it's just the link tree yeah um and that can be found on my instagram uh handle quack underscore stats um and i post like content as, there as well i'm trying to get a tiktok up too but um, let's go <laughs> i sure uh i, I posted a couple of videos I've, I've been looking at like these old hockey cards I have, like I've had for like 10 years. I'm just getting a chance to open them, kind of look at them. So uh, I'm just posting those kind of stuff, but uh, I'm not sure we'll be on the TikTok yet. We'll figure something out. And I got so many hockey cards. I was going to go get them appraised and I'm just too lazy to do it. I don't want to take them all the way into the city. I just haven't done that yet. I just wonder if there's any like gold mines in there. Always interesting. Steven, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time as always. Thank you. Glad to be here. World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. What we do here is go back, 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 back. You guys know I'm not an analytics guy, but I love any time I can chat. Quack stats, the absolute best, simple, advanced analytics. That's coming to you live on World Hockey Report. We're presented by Lordco Auto Parts. Find a store near you at lordco.com or visit Lordco's in-store truck centers at select locations. All right, we just put it out on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. If you're not following us there, you are missing out. I'm on Twitter at janner31 underscore. You want to win tickets to the next Oilers game? Well, let's get some predictions going in the conversation. I want to see the correct score and either give me how many saves Koskinen's going to make or who scores the game winner. One or the other. I don't care. 
whatever you find easier, whatever you think is going to get you those tickets. Get it in the conversation right now. Oilers, Coyotes, that's tonight. Give me the correct score and who scores the game winner or how many saves will Miko Koskinen make tonight? I got some odds for this game as well. And if you're uh, going to hit up the DraftKings Sportsbook, if it's in your state, use promo code THPN. But two lines that I really like, and I already placed my bets in this morning. Thank you very much. How are you? That's Oilers on the puck line, minus one and a half. It's at plus 122 in some sportsbooks. It's just, I mean, the way Arizona looks to start this season not pretty. They've got a rookie goaltender making his second start ever against McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi, Nugent Hopkins, the best power play in the world. The Yotes are going to take penalties and they're going to get eaten alive, but they can also score some goals. They put up four against St. Louis. They're playing Miko Koskinen. They've had a lot of success against the Oilers in the past 24 games. We'll dive into that in a second. But I would also go with the over six. If you can get that for around minus 120, go with the over six. I like that as well. So those are my two plays. Of course, tune in to Philly Pete. Pete's power plays Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 10 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, noon Eastern Standard. He's going to have the best plays. But my plays, my plays, Oilers puck line and the over six in the Yotes Coyotes game. Alrighty, quickly, let's break down some of the starting lineups for tonight. Miko Koskinen goes in goal for the Oilers. Lines look a little different now. They're going to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl on the road. This is one of Dave Tibbetts' strategies. Kind of the old Mike Babcock way where you don't have last change, so you might as well you know, give yourself the best odds to get one of the two on the ice. So it'll be McDavid, Hyman, pulling RV, RNH, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Fogel, Ryan, Cassian on that third line. They've been good so far this season. Perlini, Shore, Terce. Is this a Perlini revenge game? Is this a Perlini revenge game where he could come in and put up a hat trick against his old squad? Maybe. Maybe Tippett's got that key to unlock it. On the back end, you got Nurse and Barry, of course. No surprise there. Keith Cece, your second pairing. No Chris Russell. It'll be Slater Cuckoo and Evan Bouchard on the back end. For Arizona, I'm not going to go over their lines, but Karel Vamelka, he's going to be their starting goaltender. He catches backwards, too. He's a righty. Catches on the goofy side, getting his second career start against the Oilers. I'm not sure how well that's going to go. For the Flames, some interesting moves. Adam tweeted it out earlier today. They've uh, demoted Sean Monahan to the third line. He's playing with Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis. So uh, Backlund slots up with Coleman and Pitt. Like just an absolute blender of the lines. They also waived Glenn Godden. He did clear waivers. So uh, no one's picking him up. So there was a couple other transactions today. We will get to some of that NHL news here in a second. But for the Flames, you got to play Detroit. Now, Detroit hasn't trailed for a second yet this season. Yes, they're 2-0-1. They got an overtime loss against Tampa, which they probably shouldn't have. But that's just how it goes when you're the Detroit Red Wings. They've, they've got bigger issues, if, if I'm being honest. I, I think that a good start for them is great, but I think that they would rather have a shot at Brad Lambert or Shane Wright. Not that they're not enjoying the success of Ritz Sider, of Lucas Raymond, our Grindline pod guys. They're probably on cloud nine right now, but it's just not sustainable. It's just not going to last for this team. I can't see it. Give them three years and they're a legitimate playoff contender. So it was Barry Boulay from Seattle 
Alex or Barbelay, whatever you want to go with. I'm not French. He's placed on waivers. I think this is his second or third time being on waivers this year. Interesting there. Good news. This is from Dave Pinota, the fourth period. Uh, Luke Hughes. He's, or Jack Hughes. He's not going to require shoulder surgery. So uh, good news for him. Glenn Gonnon does clear waivers for the Flames. That's per Elliot Friedman. And uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they've had a little bit of COVID issues. Mark Shankly's now in protocol, and they're going to move all media availabilities to Zoom. Wheeler's out of the ready, and I'm, I'm pretty confident Wheeler is out. Hey, let us know your predictions if you got them. Let us know Oilers, Coyotes tonight. I already gave my best bets. We'll break down a couple more of these games. It is a busy night in the NHL. There was only two last night. Nothing that crazy, obviously. If you're Philly, you got to be happy. You double up the Boston Bruins. Bruins fans aren't too happy. It's still early for them. That's their second game of the season. You can't blame Swayman. They made a few errors. And for our guy, Zach Medeiros, if you're watching, don't play Martin Jones this early. He picks up a win against Boston. You're 2-0-1 on the season. Flyers fans, you're laughing right now. This is what you need. And if you're St. Louis, you're on cloud nine. I mean, Biddington's fully back. This team's buzzing. I said it before. I don't think Vegas is the second best team in the Pacific. I don't think so. I don't know who is, but it's not Vegas. I get it. They've got injury problems. Stone's out. You lose Flurry. I don't think Leonard's that guy. I know not every night you're facing a goalie with a 977 like Jordan Bennington. He's phenomenal. But I think for Vegas, there is bigger issues and their time has come and gone. I don't know if it's Seattle's time. I don't know. I don't think Anaheim's there yet. Maybe LA makes a little bit of a push. Maybe the Flames figure it out. Vancouver certainly won't. San Jose certainly won't. Arizona certainly won't. But Vegas does not scare anyone. The only team in the Pacific that scares someone right now is the Edmonton Oilers. That's as simple as you can put it. Okay, there is a bunch of games though uh, going on. Screw NFL, screw MLB, NBA, all of that junk. All we care about is what's happening in the National League. Uh, Montreal, they're at home against Carolina is Barry Kakaniemi, is this a revenge game for him? The Kings are 2-0 on the season. Montreal's 0-4. I don't see things getting better for Montreal anytime soon. As we talked about with Mitch Jaguar, there's just too many holes in this lineup. No Shea Weber, no Joel Edmondson, no Carey Price. You lose Corey Perry. Army is, you know, the, the fourth line's not the same. They're not getting scoring. They don't have Mike Hoffman. This team stinks. Maybe we'll have to get someone on from Montreal. To talk about it because I don't think you can just flip a switch right now. I think it is time to sell off. Say, hey, we went for our run. We were close. They were, what, three wins away from winning a Stanley Cup? That's pretty close. That's pretty close if you ask me. Ottawa's at home against San Jose. Eric Carlson, welcome back to Ottawa. How are you? I think Brady Kachuk in the lineup here. And the Ottawa Senators are actually favorites at minus 105. That seems like pretty good value. I don't know who's a net for that game, but I don't hate the Sens on the money line there. Uh, Colorado's in Florida. Spencer Knight's been lights out this year. Colorado, a couple of struggles. Again, they've been dealing with COVID, nothing crazy, but I don't hate the Panthers at home. New Jersey's at home against Washington. The Caps, 2-0-1 to start their season. The Devils are you know 2-0 as well. Rip Dougie Hamilton a real little bit. Mackenzie Blackwood, same thing. 
I still don't like this Devils team. I still don't think they're a serious contender. I still think they're absolute phonies, and they're probably going to get walked by Washington tonight. The Isles are in Columbus, so they're road favorites there. They got to turn things around, but I don't know how quick that's going to happen. Columbus can still score some goals on you, and if they get goaltending, the Isles are in trouble. They're going to be one in three to start the year. Calgary, they're in Detroit. The way that Setter's shaking up some of these lines, I don't know if that's going to be helpful or not. I don't hate Detroit underdogs plus 115 at home. They're 2 one on the season. Haven't trailed for a single second. I'm sorry. I like the Flames, but I like money a little bit better. Go with the wings on the money line. Nashville, they're at home against the Rangers. I don't need to give my thoughts on the Rangers. Maybe we'll get Ked on one of these times. Talk about him with the morning skate, guys. Because this Rangers team, they're on the brink. Shesterkin's good. Lafreniere's good. Kanko's good. But are they going to end up being serious cup contenders? I don't think so. They kind of seem like one of those middling teams to me. They're nowhere close to a playoff team like the Islanders, and they don't have the skill like Tampa Bay. But I'd probably stay away from betting on that game because I don't bet Nashville games. Anaheim is in Winnipeg. The Jets' heavy favorites there. Anaheim's obviously played a ton of hockey, but I don't hate that roster. And the way that Winnipeg has been battling COVID, Hellebuck's been struggling. If Gibson goes maybe a little sprinkle, maybe a quarter unit, maybe half a unit on the Ducks, that doesn't seem like the worst option in the world. Chicago's at home against Vancouver. The Hawks have to turn around at some time. They're at home. Hammer them. Hammer them at home against Vancouver. The Canucks are... No one likes the Canucks. The Canucks aren't a good hockey team. Chicago's a good hockey team that's been playing bad. Hammer Chicago. They're picking up their first win of the year. Flowers getting his first win. He's probably going to pick up a shutout. Seth Jones, easy one and one. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Chicago. And then the late one, of course, Edmonton, Arizona. I already said Oilers on the puck line. That's a great one. And you got the over six against Arizona as well. That's my breakdown of tonight's NHL games. Like it, love it, hate it. If you want to get in on the draw and get your Oilers predictions in for tonight, it's not going to hurt to get them in. Let me know your thoughts. Hey, in the past 24 games, Arizona, they're 16-4-4. No slouch at all. So have they possessed troubles for the Oilers? Yes. Have the Oilers completely changed the depth and the, the look of their team? Yeah, as well. I think you'd be crazy to think that this streak can continue. What goes up must come down. 16-4-4, four four. that's not sustainable when the Yotes are this big of a dumpster fire. I love the over six. I love the Oilers minus one and a half. And I think that's what I will be going with. Of course, if you're using the DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code THPN. Support our friends there. Download the podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network, anytime. And join the conversation on 12-ounce sports. Be sure to tune in. You got Pete's Power Plays. You got the AM Drive Monday through Friday. The absolute best in sports talk. Not even just radio TV, everything they've got it going on. Be sure to go check out sportstraveltours.com. Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. You got to visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts today for knowledgeable service, quality parts, and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near you. That's going to do it. Another week of World Honk Airport. Next week, we are bringing the heat. A couple of special guests from NHL.com. They'll stop by. 
We'll talk punk with a couple of bigger names next week. Maybe we'll line up a couple of former NHLers. One thing, and I will say this. I saw a couple other uh, podcast brands have dropped it. The Danbury Trashers thing. Everyone's got Trashers merch now. We can pump the brakes on that. Maybe a little bit. A little bit we'll pump the brakes on that. Shout out TNT, ESPN. They're doing great things down south and growing the game. Whether you love them or hate them, the personalities are doing good. World Hockey Report. Let's wrap it up on a Thursday. It's October 21st. Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at January 31 underscore. Check out the show next week. Same time, same place. Shout out to our social media manager, Eric Krause. Our lead producer, Bryce Buns, Adam Trout as well, who helps out with the show. And Jeff Beck, back at the 12-Ounce Sports Studios. Until next week, everyone, be kind, be better.